Cafe in Mir, Alberta. I'm in Ottawa, Ontario right now and I don't know if we missed it but we're going to see the new self-proclaimed Queen of Canada. So uh, let's see what's going on here on the hill. Ah, I think we missed it. like we didn't miss it so anybody that doesn't know there's this person that's proclaimed herself the Queen of the New Republic of Canada and she actually told her followers to that it's open season on healthcare workers administering vaccines and I want to say for the record that neither me nor anyone that I'm associated with believes in that crap or condones violence of any kind. Did I mention this has nothing to do with the Freedom Convoy? this is about? Queen Romana, the leader of Canada 2.0. This is the new flag right here. It says God loves you. Yeah. How do you become the new Queen of Canada? Oh, it's uh... She's been into place by the Alliance as Commander-in-Chief of the Military. Why? Because Canada's been indicted in international war for against genocide. How is that not in the news? 
Pardon me? How's that not in the news? Well, there's so many things that the aren't news in the is, news. Because there are your mafia propaganda, right? Satan's cut off hopes. Showing up on Fox News and wherever else. There you go. And it's Chris Scott. What's your name? Yeah, my name's Chris Scott. Yeah, okay. Yeah. My mind's broken right here. I wasn't expecting you to be here. Well, I just wanted to come see what all the hype was about. Yeah. When did you get here from Alberta? Were you on Saturday. the original convoy? Yeah, I drove nice. a truck out. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you for all the work you've been doing. You're welcome. So just to be clear, I don't uh, like I, I don't really believe in any of this stuff. I just wanted to see what people were saying. Oh yeah, you don't need to believe no, just watch no. and pay attention. Yeah, yeah. No pressure on you. She openly declares that she's uh, protected by uh, David Carlson. I think it's Robert David Carlson, US military, is protecting her. So you don't name names if it's not true because you're screwed if you do. Are you part of this movement or are you the truckers? This, this yeah, I can't. Truck. I drove a truck out. Drove a truck. Yeah, he, uh, he held open the mirror stock, like, like the the. You guys got harassed and stamped at the Calgary. Oh, oh this this guy's this guy's harassed dealt with everything. Did he? Oh, this guy's they did take more of it than got shut down. He kept going. Good for you. Done a lot of work for the. Yeah, that was quite the adventure. <laughs> Nice. So we're starting with free utilities. There's a lot of people saying stuff like, can we ask her to leave, that kind of stuff. And I, yeah, I let people say what they want and do whatever you want with it. Everyone's free to express themselves as they please. Interesting. Well, let's go back and see what's going on with the trucks. Let's go see the trucks. I like the trucks. 
Friends, bring what you can to help. This is what's going to end it. Alberta just announced today that they're planning on ending the vaccine passport. Saskatchewan said the same thing. It's not a coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. It's because we're all here today. It's because we're all standing up. Everything the government is trying to do, they can only do if we allow. And that's why Trudeau's hiding and why we're out here fighting. I don't want to take up too much of your time that I wasn't even supposed to speak. I will probably be speaking later this weekend. And I hope everybody comes out because this is going to be the most important event in the history of Canada. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. And I'm happy that these truckers made it all possible. So thank a trucker, hug a conspiracy theorist, and even give a hug to these so-called anti-protesters because most of them are here making a living doing that. So you might as well help them out with a nice big hug and a thank you. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. I love you all very much. Please go about your day. I got to visit the rest of the blockades because I want to find out what everybody really needs. All these truckers, all these people, and I want to make sure they can get it. Thank you, everybody. I love you. What do you think? Thank you, Chris Guy. Thank you. I think uh, that was very well put. We are here united by love, by peace, and our love for Canada. We honor our Canadian flag, and we do not represent any other movement that might want to latch on here and do anything that we do not necessarily uh, identify with. All right. So thank you, Chris Guy. Thank you for that message of love, peace, and unity. And we're going to keep that message going because when I look around, all I see is a whole crew of Canadians that are united by their love, their peaceful ability to protest, and their values of inclusivity, diversity, and the importance of constitutional freedom. That's what we're here for. We don't care about anything else. We don't care about uh, any differences in, in gender, race, or creed, or religion, because we care about something a lot more important than that. We are here caring about our freedom. Exactly, thank you, thank you. So we're going to wrap it up right now. We're going to, oh, we have one other speaker. I do apologize. I think we've got Mr. Norm. Yes, 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 yes. He's been waiting in the cold to speak for quite some time. So I'm going to hand the microphone over. Okay, so uh, we're going to head back to the truck and see if it's still there and well, still in and, one piece. And hopefully not towed. And hopefully not towed. Yeah, they need a pretty big truck to tow our truck. But anyway, uh, check back in a few minutes. We'll be, I don't know, 30 minutes or so, and we'll we'll have something coming coming to you from the truck. Thanks, guys. Bye. I'm here at the Shepherds of Good Hope. Uh, it's a homeless shelter and kitchen, and we had so much excess food for the trucker convoy that we have uh, brought a truckload of food down here to uh, to donate. And I just wanted to uh, share this with everyone. 
Our wonderful Prime Minister said that the truckers were down here stealing the food from the homeless. I just wanted to clarify that no trucker has stolen any food from anyone. And uh, anyone that's involved in those activities is certainly not a part of our convoy. We know that there are some other groups out here with other missions, whether they be uh, parallel towers or not, they are here. Um, and it's certainly bringing some negative attention, and I just want to share with everyone that we are here to do good. So, the guys are unloading this load of food here now. Some fresh baked goods. We've got lots of juice boxes up in here. Some more goods. Pre-made sandwiches. Pre-made sandwiches for them. The truckers certainly wouldn't be down here stealing food. In the parking lot that I've been staying in, we have enough food for 10,000 people. So to think that we would be in the need, in the position to steal, uh, certainly not true. has been overwhelming. We've had nothing but uh, positive the whole way across the country. When we came across, everybody was helping everybody. And that's what we're here doing today. We're just passing it forward. Some snacks as well. downtown Ottawa, not very far from the Parliament, where Prime Minister Justin Trudeau made a statement saying that the truckers were stealing food from the homeless. Couldn't be more wrong, Justin. That is not what we are doing here. I wish our media could report the truth, but that's why I'm here in Ottawa, all the way from New Brunswick, to bring the truth back home. have it guys a truckload of food for the shepherds of good hope here in downtown ottawa donated excess food from the trucker convoy good job guys point of a danger it hurts someone at some point you know uh, this is going to be someone an anti-protester is going to want to do something to that shit and you know they should not be doing what they're doing and the police have to go and make sure that the laws are are followed particularly fire safety laws if, uh, if the picture is, is accurate, 
that I saw, you'll see all sorts of propane tanks mixed in with diesel gasoline canisters. It's just complete height of irresponsibility, and someone's going to get hurt. And uh, I urge those protesters to use some common sense and decency and stop doing stupid things. What more do you need to see from the federal and provincial governments on this? I mean, a lot of the rage is directed at Prime Minister Trudeau, but Premier Doug Ford is ultimately responsible for what happened in Ontario. What more do you need to see from the superior levels of government to resolve this? Well, we need to see uh, continued support of officers, whether it's the OPP from the provincial or the RCMP, who have requested British officers. I'm speaking with the public safety minister uh, later this afternoon. Uh, we need their continued support because we just don't have the resources <coughs> excuse me, to deal with this magnitude of a problem. Our first priority is to get the trucks and get the truckers and the noise makers and uh, troublemakers out of the residential community. First and foremost, they've put up with far too much. It's frustrating beyond belief. It's terrifying senior citizens who can't go out and get their groceries. Uh, people are being harassed, spat upon by these, these so-called protesters. Liar! Again, it's the height of irresponsibility. And I'd ask these people, uh, once again, you've made your point. I think, you know, quite frankly, you're losing public support. You, you see the kind of worst behavior that they're involved with. Just Liar! Should the police, you know, they're struggling to get them out right now, and we've heard that from the chief himself, but should they have done more to prevent them from setting up such a large-scale occupation of the court in the first place? Well, we'll have a chance, you know, once this is over, hopefully sooner than later, to do a post-mortem on what went well, what didn't go well. Post-mortems are done after someone yeah, dies. Critics say you should have done this, should have done that. The police have certain limitations, and at the end of the day, their job is to de-escalate the situation and wrap this up in a peaceful fashion so that we don't see the likes of what we saw on Capitol Hill back in January next year. This is not the same as Capitol Hill. And the, the mob takes over. And it's not a mob. Yeah, we are fed up. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks, David. Kevin Waz, a Saskatchewan Conservative MP and one of six politicians who posed for a photo with protesters. Good for him. We should send him letters of thank you. Good evening, uh, David, from Ottawa. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you, you heard the mayor there. Uh, he called you and your colleagues posing for these photos disgraceful. Uh -huh. Says he wants an apology because you're supporting... What's disgraceful... Is somebody like the mayor of a town in a position of authority lying to people on national TV? So I'm watching this news because I want to discuss what's being said about this convoy. It's not because I like this news, it's because I want to deal with what they're saying. My job is to listen to people. That's why I went down there. There are people from Cardiff, Fulham Lake, St. Ruth, all over Saskatchewan here. And my job is to listen to them. I'm not supporting them or condoning them. I want to listen to them, their concerns. But I am really distraught that this Liberal government hasn't made one move to reach out to this group, bring them in, and listen to them. The same with Jim Watson. Have you made the 
the call then to the Premier of Ontario. Have you made the call to Marco Menacino? They have not. Or are you just sitting in your office looking out your window? Well, but Do Mr. something about this. Mr. Wall, you say you're not supporting them, but your tweet last night ended with, it's great to see Canadians championing yeah. freedom on Parliament Hill. That sounds like support. What's wrong with that? I went out there to speak to them. They've been here for seven days. Some of them, I met a, a husband and wife team from Foam Lake. They're not even truckers. They decided to come here to support the truckers. This was their holiday. They're at a hotel here. They love the city of Ottawa. They couldn't believe how beautiful it is. That's the other side to this story, David, that unfortunately never gets told. I, too, you know, I, I have seen the individuals who have exploited this peaceful protest, and I completely condemn that. And we do as a party. Candace Bergen today, our interim leader, her first three questions. Candace Bergen, our interim leader of the CPC. What are you going to do? When are you going to have the olive branch? Well, I want to reach out and get this done. I, I want to ask you about Ms. Bergen because there's a story breaking in the Globe and Mail from my colleague Marika Walsh tonight, which she's obtained uh -oh. an email that Ms. Bergen sent on Monday uh, to Aaron O'Toole and his leadership team saying, I don't think we should be asking these protesters to go home. I understand the mood may shift soon, so we need to turn this into the Prime Minister's problem. That sure looks like your interim leader's trying to exploit this rather than resolve this. That's the whole point. It is the Prime Minister's problem because he created it. Wise words. If you're if you're watching this, please stick around because I have a lot to say about what the news is saying and how the, they're portraying Ottawa's response to this convoy. Lies. You're not calling for them to leave and you're meeting with them. If a similar protest was happening in downtown Saskatoon or in your neighborhood in Saskatoon Grasswoods, how would you go out and meet with them if there were honking horns all night and your constituents and your family couldn't sleep? Yes. That's what, you know, members of Parliament, provincial MPPs, and certainly the Liberal Cabinet, and you know, I'm trying to defuse this. The tension that has built up over here in the last seven days. But you can't do it from the offices. You've got to get down and get your boots on Slater. You've got to get That's to the truth. You've got to get to O'Connor. You've got to talk to these people. Bring them in. There's got to be a solution here. We all are frustrated by this. But there's been no olive branch by this liberal government to this group. So everyone's digging in their heels right now. And we want to bring a solution to this. And a solution is, David, to start the dialogue. Yes. I wonder, sir, if you explain the difference in, in posing for pictures and saying let's have a dialogue with these protesters versus the hard line your party took several years ago when the Wet'suwet'en and another First Nation and Indigenous groups blockaded rail lines and the call was immediately for the government to take action, either sending the police or sending the military and even calls past new laws Block rail lines. Imagine what would happen if the CN rail workers had some sort of a protest over the treatment they've received because of the federal government's mandates. I wasn't there back then, and I'm only going to tell you, and you 
know, our viewers here tonight in Canada, I want this to end like everyone else. But you're, you're not going to end this without an olive branch, without sitting and listening and talking. And, you know, it, it's a problem not only in Ottawa or Coots, Alberta. It's a problem in the entire country right now. And we're mm-hmm. worried this is going to extend to uh, interprovincial boundaries. And then what will happen? But you can't solve a problem not meeting with people and listening to them. That's all we're doing, David. And that's all the government here should be doing. Well, well sir, I, I understand you want to listen to them. I wonder, though, if you've read the things that they've published, such as the Memorandum of Understanding that the people who are the core organizers of this have published that say they're staying until the government is removed and a committee of them... That MOU is a load of crap and it has nothing to do with these truckers or at least the overall intentions of the group. Canadians in this country. They're frustrated because of this liberal government not listening to them. So, you know, some of them are extremists. I do not agree with them. But, you know, government has two ears. Government should get down from West Block, go down to Wellington, and have a discussion and say, is there anything that we can agree on? But to sit there for seven days and do nothing is explicable. And, you know, Jim Watson, if you don't like Saskatchewan people here, that's fine. Many of them came to support the truckers. Many of them are joining your city and your province. And it's too bad because they're spending a lot of money here in the last seven days. And on that note, um, I'm going to have to shut off the TV because i got a lot of things to say. And I don't want to forget what I have to say because I seem to do that a lot. Okay, so you've seen how the news has portrayed this movement. And I call it a movement because this isn't just a protest or a convoy. This is a movement that's, that's uniting and igniting people all over Canada to stand up for their freedoms. Now, what you just saw was a news reporter sounding more like a propagandist um, saying things that are not true. There is no evidence of. Uh, There are no police reports to back it up, and yet they're going on national TV and saying that these protesters, these truckers, are assaulting people and harassing them and spitting on them. Last time I checked, accusing people of things like that was actually illegal. And yet we're letting idiots like that news reporter do that on national TV and turn Canadians against Canadians. Nobody's harassing anybody. Actually, I shouldn't say that. To my knowledge, nobody's harassing anybody. Nobody's spitting on people. Nobody is uh, threatening people. All I've seen is truckers out there picking up garbage, shoveling snow, uh, arranging to bring in Canadian flags because there's some wingnut who says she's the Queen of Canada and she's burning flags on Parliament Hill. The men and women that are here that came for this are patriots. They are patriotic Canadians. They believe in Canada and they're standing up for fellow Canadians. Many of those, these folks, are they, they have vax passes. They can participate in society, yet they're doing this anyway because of what they're seeing is happening to their brothers and sisters, their fellow Canadians. It's despicable what the news is saying. I saw a news report talking about how there was a trucker who smashed a window at a fast food restaurant. Guess what? I was right there. I didn't see the whole thing. But when, when the fella that did that uh, got arrested, I was over there and I shot some video and it was not anybody from this movement. 
It was a local who has a history of mental health issues. Had nothing to do with the truckers or the convoy or the movement. I videoed it. I put a shout out for that business. It was called Three Brothers Shwarma and, and Putin on the corner of Wellington and uh, Carnegie. No, uh, oh my goodness. I can't remember. Just down from Rideau Center. And I ask that those who are watching give that business some love and send them some dough and help them replace their window. Dalhousie, Dalhousie sorry, of, of uh, Wellington and Dalhousie. These folks are not violent. They're not threatening. Uh, what they're telling people about being scared, having to be scared to go downtown is complete and utter bullshit. It is not true. If you bother to take a walk through downtown Ottawa today, and you see the smiles and uh, the people giving hugs and, and having dialogue about what's going on right now, it would actually be heartwarming. You have nothing to fear from downtown Ottawa. To the businesses in the downtown core who were told to close because they needed to be fearful of the people showing up in Ottawa, you were hoodwinked, just like you have been over the last two years. You were lied to, and it's costing you money. And I'm encouraging any of those businesses from downtown Ottawa Get your butts back to work. You've suffered long enough at the hands of the government. And if you had your businesses open right now, you would be absolutely killing it. You would be selling stuff left, right, and center. The people that are in this town, that are involved with this movement, they want to shop at your stores. They want to see you. They want to talk to you. They want to encourage you. You, you, would, be, you would be thrilled to have this many people in your town patronizing your business at any other time. But your government told you that you had to be fearful of them and you had to stay home because they're all a bunch of white supremacist, homophobic, xenophobes. You were lied to. And if you don't believe me, take a little venture downtown and see for yourself. These reports about people getting spit on, lies. The people getting harassed, lies. There's someone that said that some girl, a, a trucker, punched her in the face and broke her nose. Lies. There are no police reports about that stuff. There is nothing in the news about it with any kind of evidence besides some batshit mayor who's telling people lies in order to paint this group as something they're not. That guy is despicable. And that's a, a person in a position of authority. A person that you as a city, Ottawa, elected uh, to, to, to be your, your figurehead and to look out for you. And to make sure that your best interests were in mind. Well, that's not what's happening. Because he, he's out there lying to the media. And he's, he's causing fear and division in your town that is unnecessary. And yes, there are some people that are trying to ride the coattails on this with some extremist movements. But they have nothing to do with this movement. That woman that was in at, at the Hill today burning Canadian flags and saying that she's the Queen of Canada, nothing to do with this movement. And we absolutely condemn those actions. That was one of the things that the group of, of people here talked about today. For every flag that's burned, they want to bring in 50 or 100 more flags and paint this town in Canadian flags. Because we don't condone that. We don't condone those extremist views. This is not about extremist views. And if you think that fighting for your freedoms is extremist, 
you got some serious uh, uh, learning to do because that is not what this is about. There's people on, on my page that are saying stuff like, oh, well, why is this person on there? Why is that person on there? And you know what? I don't agree with everything everybody does. I really don't. I don't agree with people coming here with some bogus, stupid piece of paper uh, thinking that they're going to force the government to resign. It's idiocy. It's pure idiocy. It is not going to happen. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with people coming here and and using indigenous ceremonies and indigenous uh, um, symbols to try and paint themselves as some sort of savior of Canada who's going to return the lands to, to everybody with some document that maybe doesn't even exist. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with people that are boisterous and bully people and, and use... Uh, I, I don't agree with everybody. But the common ground that we have is that we all want to be free. So I put up with it. Because at the end of the day, everybody should be free to be themselves. And if they want to be idiots, they should be free to be idiots. And we don't have to, uh, we don't have to agree with that, but we have to at least accept uh, or be willing to accept the fact that they're free and they're free to do that. They're free to express those views. And we can sit at home and we can watch it and we can criticize it. But, at the, but they're, they're free to do it. It's about freedom. So no, I don't agree with everybody that's, a, that's, that's part of this. Uh, I didn't agree with that memorandum of understanding. As a matter of fact, you go back and you watch a video of me standing on a stage with a guy talking about that, and, and I was uncomfortable because I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to dash people's hopes, but I know enough to know that stuff like that is bogus. I've seen it before. I saw it at the legislature. I saw it when, when uh, the United States news uh, was saying that we ended COVID in Alberta. I watched this happen multiple times and I never trashed anybody about it. I never said anything about anyone. I just told people, if you really wanna make, if you really wanna make a difference and you wanna achieve the goal of being free again and getting our government to release us, there is a path we have to take. It's not always glamorous. It's not always exciting. It's not filled with a bunch of fake ceremonies. All it is is people standing up as free men and women in Canada and showing their government that we've had enough. That's it. And I'm sorry if you don't like that message. I'm sorry if you feel like you, you don't want to follow my page anymore because uh, I don't I don't agree or promote those things that other people are doing. But you know what? Enough is enough. Enough playing games, enough trying to build some some fake media news outlet network whatever. Enough. That, that that's it's counterproductive. And I'm not interested in any of that stuff. There's some people who probably think that I sound a little bit like the angry Albertan right now. Well, I'm from Alberta. And I'm a little bit angry. Um, and while I don't agree with everything the angry Albertan or David Dixon do, I rarely trash them, even when they trash me. 
And I agree with them on something, and that is that we need our freedom back. And they might be doing that a different way than me. Um, they may have had some successes and failures. And you know what? Good for them for trying to do things their way. I have my way. And my way is encouraging Canadians to stand up. I really don't think there's any other way to get through this than, than that. Because no government in their right mind is going to take a piece of paper from some lunatic and dissolve their government. No attorney general is going to take a piece of paper from anybody and dissolve the government. No premier is going to take a piece of paper from somebody and dissolve the government. It is not going to happen. And the sooner you get off that crazy train and get onto the, the, the proper path, the sooner we get this done. The sooner you stop with the distractions of new queens of Canada and fake ceremonies, the sooner we get this done. This whole convoy thing is, it's not, it's not a way to, to force the government into giving us, uh, conceding a list of demands. That doesn't happen. It's never happened before. The, only, the people that do that, um, they go down in history as bad people. This is about encouraging and motivating everybody in every city, in every town, in every place in Canada to stand up, take it to the streets, stand in solidarity with their brothers and sisters on, a, on the common ground that is we all want our freedom back. And yes, thank you. I love the toque. Thanks for saying nice toque. So what do you want? Do you want drama? Do you want to be on the Jerry Springer show? Do you want to be participating in, a, in an episode of Big Brother or Maury? Do you want entertainment or do you want results? We keep saying to the government, you're doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. You're insane. And yet the very people that are saying that are trying to push the same narrative over and over and over again. And they're expecting different results. It hasn't worked in the past. It, it, it's not going to work now. And if you keep on that train, you're insane. Because that's literally the definition of insanity. Let's try something different. Let's not worry about how obnoxious Chris Sky is. Let's listen to the words that that man's saying. Because, you know, I don't agree with everything he does. I don't agree with his methods and, and, and some of the mistakes he's made. I'm pretty sure none of us are perfect. I do agree with what he says because his message is very good. And his message is stand up for yourselves. Oh man, am I allowed to say that on probation? Can I say that do not comply thing? I don't think I can say that do not comply thing because I'm on probation. Yeah, I can't say that. Carrie, That's my. You're out of province. I'm out of province? Ah, this is going to Alberta. Okay, so I can't talk about the do not comply thing, but I can talk about the stand up for yourself. That message is solid. That message is sound. And whether or not I agree with the guy on other things, that's our common ground. I really hope you understand what I'm saying. And if you agree with me, please share this video, not because I want to be famous, but because people need to hear this message. I don't have the luxury of getting on that TV behind me and going to and getting this message to everybody in Canada. And they need to hear it. They need to hear that we got to stay on a common sense, logical path that has the possibility to work 
and, and that's how we win. They need to hear this. And unfortunately, I no longer have the Facebook reach that I used to. I generally had, you know, five, six, seven, eight thousand people watching. Now we have one point uh, one thousand five hundred because uh, Facebook suspended me for something that I, I did a live stream on in November. So my reach isn't near what it used to be. My page reach was uh, seven million people a week. That's down to three million. Um, my average viewership on videos before was between 200,000 and 2 million views. Now I'm down to 20,000 to 100,000. So our page reach has been significantly, oh my goodness, <laughs> impacted by a video that, or a live stream that I did talking about a news article. I wasn't, it wasn't even a, it wasn't new news. I was talking about the news and I got suspended off Facebook for it. So I don't have the reach. And the only way this goes out is if you hit that share button, hit the like button, hit the share button, follow the page. If you, if you don't actually wanna do that, but you just wanna get this message out, do it long enough just till this is over and then unfollow the page. I really don't care. I don't care if I'm famous. And here's another thing. Now this is right to Mr. Switzer, the angry Albertan and his uh, partner in crime, David Dixon. I want to be perfectly clear. I do not want to be a politician. I didn't come into this with political aspirations. I didn't come into this with delusions of grandeur. However, I, I will consider becoming a representative if I think I can make the biggest impact and, and the benefit to people's lives. I will consider that. On the flip side, I don't even know if that's where I can make the best impact. Maybe I can do better stuff and, and do bigger things outside of politics. I don't know. My point is, regardless of what you think my intentions are, I just want to be free. I want to pour damn coffees in my restaurant. I want my coffee guys back every morning. I want to serve people food. And I want to do it without the police showing up and putting me in handcuffs. That's my motivation. I hope that answers your question. Speaking of questions, uh, there's a lot of questions going on about uh, how long are we going to be here? What does the convoy want? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to sum it up. We don't want to be here. We like being here, though, because the people are amazing. We want our rights and freedoms back. And people are committed to staying here until enough Canadians are motivated and encouraged to stand up for themselves and the government sees that the winds of policy or of public opinion have changed and they drop the mandates, period. I want to go home. I miss my kids. It's cold in Ottawa. A stupid wind keeps blowing. A frostbite on my, nip, on my nose. I don't actually. I want to go home. And to the people of Ottawa who are telling us to go home, how about you stop listening to your liar of a mayor and you go down there and you join in the fun and you meet these people who are standing up for you as well. How about you business owners who have been hamstrung by your government for two years, come down here and open your shops and sell us your products. We want to give you our money. 
I went to a Tim Hortons today that was open in the downtown core. I bought four coffees and I paid $50 because I was so happy that that business has stayed open so that we can get coffee in the downtown core. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of the businesses that have stayed open um, and not succumbed to a fear-mongering mayor. And there are hundreds, if not thousands of people here who feel the same way as I do. These are people that are shoveling snow off your sidewalk right now, who are picking up garbage from your town, who are, are rounding up and buying Canadian flags to plaster your town in Canadian flags when some nutcase comes and tries to say that she's the new queen of your country and burns your flag. That's the type of people who are here. And if, if there are any people that actually do participate in those heinous things that the mayor says that people are doing, I will personally make sure that they are reported to the RCMP or the OPP and they're dealt with accordingly. And I will absolutely 100% make sure that they cannot continue to be part of this because this movement wants nothing to do with any of that stuff. No violence, no harassment, no intimidation, no threats, nothing like that. And as for the horns, yes, I'm sorry, it's an inconvenience, but you're... <laughs> You're talking to people who have been inconvenienced for two years. You're telling them to go home. And some of these men and women here, they may not have a home to go back to because of the bullshit mandates. So think about that next time you tell these people to go home. They might not have one because of what the liberal government has done to them. And this is their way of standing up for themselves and at the same time standing up for you. So those horns, when you hear that horn, you think about your liberal government. And you write them a letter and you tell them to drop these mandates because it's their fault. These people here are fighting for their lives. And I don't know if you've noticed, but they have been quieter. Um, very, very few people will honk overnight because we want people to get rest. During the day, it's, it's been limited more than it has been. And there's less and less every day. We're taking steps to try and get everybody on the same page that we don't want to piss off Ottawa. We want them down here at, at, with us um, in a unified voice. And we want to have a good time together. So we're working on that. So how about you work on getting to know these people? And if the news tells you something, before you believe it, come down and find out for yourself. Honestly, how anyone could believe that stuff is happening with the amount of police here right now, it blows my mind. You can't walk a block without running into two patrols of OPP. They are everywhere. If that stuff was happening, people would be getting arrested and you would have real evidence in the news, not some bullshit, anecdotal, fake evidence evidence that some idiotic news reporter puts out to try and make people feel some way uh, against a group he doesn't agree with. Don't be fooled by biased journalism. So, uh, for those of you that have asked why we don't have very many lives right now, um, one reason is probably because you're not getting notifications. 
Uh, the other reason is because we haven't been doing as many lives. We've been really busy. There's been a lot to do. But what we're going to do is we're going to try and do, no, not try. We are going to do a live at 2 p.m. Uh, Ontario time. So what's that, Central? Central time? 2 p.m. Central time? Eastern, Eastern time. Sorry, yeah. 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time and 9, and 9 p.m. Eastern time every day. So you don't have to wait for a notification. 2 p.m. And, uh, and 9 p.m. Eastern time or what's that, 11? 10 or uh, noon. Noon? Is it only two hours? Okay, so noon and 7 Alberta time. We're going to do a live. So you can just set your clock to that, and we'll uh, give you an update at those at those two times for sure. And we're going to try and put out more during the day because we really want you to see what's going on here. The, the news you just saw on the TV behind me, they're not doing it. They don't come down here. They don't look and see what's going on. Uh, when they do come down here, they look for the craziest person they can find, and they interview them. They haven't interviewed me once. And I, I, I don't really care because I have a platform of my own. Well, I used to. It's not quite as big now, but um, yeah, they're, they're not here. They're not seeing it with their own eyes. They're not, getting, they're not getting it right from the horse's mouth. And that's a really, really, really unfair thing to do to you. So please share this content, subscribe to the page, like the page, whatever you have to do to try and get it so that you actually know what the information we're bringing you. Because I want to bring you accurate, credible information. I want to tell you what's really going on. I want to try and keep people on the straight and narrow, moving towards the goal of getting the mandates dropped. And I refuse to participate in any of that fluff bullshit that's going on around it. Which is why you don't see me doing any of that stuff. Anyway, if you have any other questions, leave them in the comments. I'll do my best to answer um, for those of you who are in Ottawa, I am frequently down at, uh, what, what is that? I'm not going to say the street name, but I'm frequently down there in my truck with Whistle Stop Cafe on it, uh, or I'm down at Parliament Hill. So come and talk to me. And actually, if you disagree with me or you disagree with this movement, please come find me and talk to me and ask me these questions face to face. I am more than happy to talk to you. Because the time for speaking to those who agree with me is over. It's time to start speaking to those who disagree. And uh, that invitation goes out to uh, lying Mayor Watson as well. You are a liar, McLiary Pants. You should reach out. Um, but I would be happy to talk to you and tell you that you're a liar. A dirty, rotten liar. A lying McLiar. Also, Mayor Watson lies. In case you haven't noticed, all you have to do is turn on the TV and you can watch Mayor Watson lie. He'll lie about the convoy. He'll lie about the people of Ottawa. He'll lie about the condition of the city. Lie, 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 lie. He's probably in his house right now, lying down. I'm sure this guy probably makes his own soap with lie. He's really crossed the line with all these lies. And I've had enough of it. What? What? Our laundry's done. Oh, our laundry's done. Perfect. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for putting up with my rant again. Um, I hope to bring you a rant again shortly. And uh, please don't forget, Mayor Watson lies. <laughs> good night. Well, not good night. I'll be back later. It's only, what o'clock is it? Yeah, about that. Yeah, it's about that. We'll be back later.
Love you guys. And girls. Not in that way, baby. <laughs> Just like a totally platonic, platonic thing. Love you all. Especially you, baby. Love you too. I was looking at Carrie. Hello everybody, it's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta. Um, coming to you live from Ottawa, Ontario, the Canada's capital. Yeah, I know, I've got a face for radio, thank you very much, I, I don't need to hear that anymore. Um, yeah, so the only reason I'm doing a live right now is because earlier I said we were going to do a live at 9pm and 2pm 2, 2 every day, and it's just after 9 and uh, I wasn't going to do something, but I just I didn't want to uh, miss that and, and have you waiting for something at 9, not say it. So I wasn't quite sure what I was going to talk about, but uh, Carrie brought up some very interesting points a few moments ago. And as most of you know, I don't script anything. I don't write anything down or prefer speeches, anything like that. I just talk about things that are on my mind or on my heart, and it's completely off the cuff. Aside from maybe a note I make a note or two I make about topics that I want to talk about because I always forget. So today's topic will be regarding those people and groups who are saying that the truckers need to go home. One thing I found very interesting and ironic is that uh, there's a group, what's it called again? Uh, go Home Truckers. Oh, that's easy to remember. It's called Go Home Truckers and it's a Twitter or Facebook page? Twitter. Yeah, it's a Twitter Twitter thing. Twits. Please don't sign up for I don't know. Yeah, don't sign up for it. Just only I'm, I'm only telling you that just because I want you to know that it's happening. So this group is saying things like, uh, the truckers are no more than a terrorist organ... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, I'm not sure if anybody could hear that because I was still connected to the Bluetooth headset. Did you guys hear that? There's no, no sound things coming on here, so... Anyway, so what I'm talking about is the, uh, the group of people who are saying, go home truckers. It's time to go home, go home truckers. Um, I totally get you. I feel you. And you're not the only one that feels the frustration of the constant noise and the people. Um, I generally don't like big crowds. And so it's not always 100% pleasant for me either. Um, but there's a lot of things that happen during the day that encourage me. Today there was a young man of 78 years, was 77, 78 or 77 years old. And he stopped me as I was getting out of my truck just to say thank you for coming. Like he thought I was just a random trucker, and which is weird because I'm not a trucker. Uh, and he said, wait a minute, are you, are you that whistle stop guy? Is this your truck? And I said, yeah, that's me. And he said, no, but are you the guy that owned the cafe? And I said, yeah, that's me. I, I own the whistle stop cafe. And you know what that guy said to me? He gave me a hug and he said, 
thank you. Now I have another son. And I, I'm uh, uh, super unemotional, so I didn't start blabbering like a, uh, a maniac in the middle of the sidewalk. But that was extremely heartwarming um, that that fellow said that. And this guy has to deal with the noise and the crowds and everything too. And he's 70, 100 and bazillion years old. So a lot of that stuff is probably uncomfortable, uncomfortable for him as well. But that's very encouraging. And then I see groups like the Go Home Truckers, Twits, is that what they're called? Uh, sure. I shouldn't say that. Uh, the, I, I don't actually think they're Twits. I think they're legitimately annoyed uh, with the noise. But I see groups like that and they're saying that the truckers are terrorists. And I see that as an opportunity for dialogue. So if you're going to call the truckers terrorists, you have to understand what a terrorist is. What, what is a terrorist? What does a terrorist do? Well, a terrorist terrorizes, generally out of anger or hate, um, and they keep terrorizing until, until somebody concedes to demands. Now, I understand how you could make the correlation to this group. However, there are some fundamental differences. The first one is, none of the people here are doing this out of anger, at least from what I've seen. They're not doing it out of hate. They're not purposely terrorizing any group in particular uh, to get to get something done. These men and women are standing up and making noise, trying to encourage other Canadians to stand up for themselves. The ones who are doing the terrorizing are, uh, let's take the mayor of Ottawa, for instance. He is terrorizing the people of Ottawa by telling them lies and saying that these people are violent, they're spitting on people, they're harassing people, they're using racial slurs. He's lying. He is using terror to try and convince you to feel a certain way about these truckers. The media is also using terrorist tactics. They're promoting fear, they're encouraging fear, they're encouraging division by lying to you and telling you those same things. Uh, in the last few days, I've seen a couple instances where the media has reported crimes happening in Ottawa and attributed them to the truckers with zero evidence and zero support for that. And while I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't see both of those incidents, I was there, I was present for one of them. And no, I didn't commit a crime. I just happened to get a, uh, some shawarma at a place on, the, on a street corner. And while we were eating it in our vehicle, a crime was committed on that business. Somebody broke their window and the fellow was arrested. So I saw that. I videoed it. I put it on live and I asked people to help. I reached out and I said, hey, show this business some love and help them to fix their window. Because no small business can really afford to be replacing windows for no reason. Had nothing to do with the truckers, the protesters, the demonstrators, the convoy, anything like that. But the media said it did. They're using it as a terror tactic to make you feel frightened so that you dislike this group. It's nothing to do with journalism. This is pure, unadulterated political propaganda. Uh, the government does not like what we're doing because we're encouraging other Canadians to stand up and push back against bad government policy government doesn't like that. Um, the media doesn't like it because the government tells them not to like it. And if the media doesn't toe the line, they risk having their funding pulled from the Canadian media fund. You see how that works? It's all about money and power.
The government wants to retain their power. They're using the media to tell you what to think so that you go out and hate the group that's opposing the government. That's how it works. And that's what's happened throughout this entire COVID situation. Uh, the government is using the media to make you feel a certain way or think a certain way about another group of people who are speaking out against bad government policy. Now, in a perfect world, the journalists, they, they, they would be exercising something that I call journalistic integrity. That means instead of going into a story um, like that reporter that, that I had on the TV earlier, instead of going into a story with a preconceived notion and bias and asking questions and making statements in order to lead the person they're interviewing to admitting that they have the same idea as the journalist. That's not the way it's supposed to be done. What you're supposed to do is talk to the person, get both sides of the story and let the viewers make up their own mind. That's journalistic integrity. And we're not seeing much of that right now. Um, and I will admit, even on both sides of this uh, situation, there are media, both mainstream and alternative, that go into this stuff with a, with a bias and they, they guide the story in order to make people feel a certain way, to agree with them. And to be fair, it's very difficult not to do that because everybody has their own opinions, everybody has their own beliefs, and, and that's, that's, why, that's why journalists are expected to maintain some semblance of professionalism when they're doing these interviews. That's why they go to school and learn how to do this stuff properly, because it's extremely important to let people make up their own minds. But in the last little while, that's been thrown completely out the window. Um, even from the leadership in our provinces and in our country, our leaders are telling us how to think. Premier Kenny, uh, I'm from Alberta, and Jason Kenny is the premier there. He's my premier. Um, he, he refers to this, what's going on in Alberta, as a problem of the unvaccinated. He's placing the problems that the, the province is experiencing squarely in the laps of one group of people. And he's doing that with zero data or statistics or evidence. I'm really, I'm talking with my hands, but you can't even see my hands. <laughs> that must look ridiculous to everybody else. Anyway, he, he's doing that with no justification to do so. And I'm going to refrain from speaking too much about um, any particular disease or virus or any particular vaccine or medicine and that kind of stuff, because I want to be able to speak to you on this platform. Uh, I want to be able to show you what's going on. And right now, I think it's more important to show you what's going on and let you listen to the, the professionals that are speaking um, than give you my personal opinions. And you all know what my opinions are anyway. And, and really, at the end of the day, my opinions on those topics are much less important than my belief, opinion, and my stance that freedom is paramount above all else. Regardless of how you feel about those topics, it's your choice what you do with your body. It's your choice what you do with your life, uh, with your business, whatever. Um, you know, as long as you're not like blowing through stop signs and running people over with your car. That is much, much, much different than choosing not to take something that hasn't been proven, um, that you don't know what the long-term side effects are, and has shown to not be effective at doing what it was intended to do. 
So there's a big difference. Uh, one of the examples that <clears throat> our Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, Dina Hinshaw, uh, Dina Hinshaw used was, well, you ha you're free to walk around swinging your arms, but if you walk into a crowd swinging your arms, um, you're going to hit somebody in the face and that's going to harm them. And she tries to say that's exactly the same thing as the other topic that's at the forefront of discussion today, but I'm not going to talk about it right now. But the logic in that is so severely flawed that even my 11-year-old uh, son can see the idiocy in it. So not doing something to your body that could potentially harm you and hasn't been shown to do what it was intended to do, to protect other people, even though it doesn't protect other people, which is proven, is not the same as walking around swinging your arms. It is a totally, completely different thing. It's not the same thing as blowing through a stop sign when there's other traffic. It, it, you, could call, you could say it's the equivalent to going through a stop sign at 3 o'clock in the morning when there's no other traffic around in the middle of nowhere, Alberta. That would be a good comparison because the risks are probably pretty close to the same. However, the media and some of our leaders in our provinces and our countries have latched on to logic like that and they're using it to try and force you to be angry or upset at other people. And they're doing it under the guise of protecting a system that they administer or are responsible for overseeing. In this case, it's our healthcare system. And that's really not fair. And I would encourage those of you who have bought into that to just take a few moments and consider that you're being asked to protect a system that is supposed to be there to protect you. And it's failing. It's failed. It's been overwhelmed. It's been... Uh, it's, it's crumbling. And it's been like that for years. And yet now, those who are responsible and should be held accountable are telling you that you need to be angry at me because that's happening. That's not fair. It's completely disingenuous. It's, uh, it's severely unethical. It's immoral. And it erodes the very foundation of what it means to be Canadian. And that is accepting others, being inclusive, being respectful of people's choices with, with their own body. I mean, how, how many times have you heard the phrase, in the last 20 years, my body, my choice? When did it become acceptable to ignore that and tell people that it's not your choice, and if you don't do something to your body that somebody else wants you to do, that you cannot have the freedoms that are guaranteed to you as a Canadian? And I don't use that I don't use that phrase lately. The rights, freedoms, and privileges that are guaranteed to you as a Canadian. Nowhere in the Constitution or the Charter I'm still I'm still hand talking. Nowhere in the Constitution or the Charter does it say that these rights and freedoms are guaranteed to you if you do what the government tells you to do, or if you do something to your body that you don't want to do. It doesn't say that. It says they're guaranteed to you. Now, there are some out there who say, well, it also says they're, they're, they're guaranteed to you. Uh, how does it, what's the wording? Unless demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. 
So the, the argument is that in a free and democratic society, your rights can be taken away if there's justification for it. And I would tend to agree with that. So let's say you decide you're going to go rob a bank or you're going to go and stab somebody. Um, those are criminal offenses and you do lose rights because of that. You lose, uh, and, and actually the, infract, the infringements on your rights are often less than the rights that you're losing right now because of what you choose to do to your body. So if you commit a crime, you go to jail. So you lose mobility rights, you lose, uh, what else do you lose? Well, you can still gather, you can still exercise your uh, thought, expression and religion. You can still gather in peaceful assembly. You can still protest in jail. Um, really, the only right that's infringed upon is your right, your, your, your mobility rights. And I guess it could be argued that your, your right to earn a living. So that's for a criminal offense. But now for an offense as heinous as refusing to do something to your body that you consider to be unsafe, that you, when you are informed of the risks and the benefits, you make a conscious decision not to, you lose a lot more rights than that and a lot more freedoms, a lot more privileges. You basically become an outcast of society and you are forced to get, um, you know, skip the dishes or not go out at all, not go to a movie, not enjoy all of the things that make Canada an amazing place to live. You should be able to go out and go to a movie. There's no reason why a perfectly healthy person can't go out and go to a movie. And that's, that's highlighted by the fact that right now, um, those who have chosen to do something to their body may go and do those things, um, but they can also be responsible for, for uh, I can't, I don't want to say it, I can put it on Facebook. They could also be responsible for transmitting and increasing the number of people affected by a certain disease. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't make any sense, no matter which way you look at it. Now, if we go back to the charter, uh, I actually took the time to track down the last surviving member, or the last surviving person whose signature is on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. His name is Brian Peckford. Now, Brian served as the Premier of Newfoundland from 1979, when I was born, to 1989. And Mr. Peckford was involved in the 17 months of debate over the Charter how it was going to be worded, uh, what was going to be in there, how it was going to look for Canadians, and what it what it was going to encompass as fundamental rights and freedoms. So he knows that document in and out. 17 months is a long time to deliberate something. And he knows what the intention of all of the sections in that document were, especially section one, which is the one that says, um, unless reason uh, demonstrably justified in free and democratic society. Now, let's ignore the fact for a minute that the, no government anywhere has ever demonstrably justified that the restrictions they're imposing are appropriate, impactful, meaningful, and have the least impact on our rights and freedoms. That hasn't been done. No government has done a cost-benefit analysis. And now, after the fact, we're seeing organizations like John Hopkins University doing studies on the benefits and the, uh, uh, the the costs of the restrictions themselves and they are putting it out there that the restrictions 
have been worse than the disease would have been in the first place. Now, those aren't my words. Those are words from a very well-respected educational institution that knows how to do these things. They know how to do those cost-benefit analysis. So now after the fact, we're being told that, hey, what the government did is probably worse for us than if they had just done nothing at all. And that's exactly why people like me stood up when we did is because we realized that, hey, our government hasn't actually done this. They didn't demonstrably justify that they need to take our rights away and we're not gonna take it. And that was it. The argument didn't have to go any further than that. Now, if you, if you say, okay, well, let's ignore the fact that they didn't demonstrably justify what they did. Now we're going to go up to the beginning of the document where it says, under the supremacy of God and rule of law. So everything else on the charter falls under that scope. Now, you, you might have asked yourself, or maybe you've asked other people in your lifetime, where did my rights and freedoms come from? And the answer is very simple. Canada was founded on Christian principles, and it was founded under, under the rule, the supremacy of God. And nobody gave you your rights. You were born with them. You're given them by the Creator. You've always had them. And all the Charter did is it was saying that the government of Canada and the provinces recognizes that under the supremacy of God, you have these rights, freedoms, and privileges. They're not something that the government can give and take as they please. And if the government's going to take them, they have to prove, they have to prove that it was necessary. And if you dig deeper into the Constitution, it even goes so far as to say, when the government takes your freedoms or your rights away, it they have to prove it in court before they do it. Not after, like we've seen now. And there's a very good reason for that. If they have to prove it before, the onus is on the government um, to take the steps and spend the money and do the work to show that your rights need to be removed. If it's the other way around, the onus becomes on you or me. So the government can come in and take your rights away, and then you have to go and fight them and prove in court that what they did was wrong. And someone like me, and perhaps you, we can't do that unless we have amazing organizations that support us and stick up for the underdog. And here's my little thank you again to Rebel News for doing that for me through fightthefines.com. Um, they are the ones that helped me stand up to the government. If they hadn't done that, I would have lasted a week in court, that would have been the end of it, and the government would have squashed me. And it shouldn't be like that, ever. You shouldn't have to spend your life savings or five or ten years in court to prove that the government shouldn't have interfered in your life. It should always be the other way around. Because the government already has the money. They have our money. They have my money. And then they turn around and they use that money to fight us in court. That's one of the reasons why I considered, and I'm still considering, a little foray into politics on a provincial level. Because I don't believe that our laws should work like that. I don't believe that our government should be allowed to do that. I believe that, yes, in certain cases, people's rights and freedoms must 
be infringed on or taken away. But I believe very, very strongly that before that happens, that a government or an organization or an authority has to prove it. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, you are innocent until proven guilty. We shouldn't have to fight that way for our rights and freedoms as Canadians. How many times, even as a kid, did you say, wow, we live in a free country, don't we? We live in a free country, don't we? Hey, man, you can't walk over there. That's my sandbox. Well, we live in a free country, don't we? We do. And if the government's going to tell me that I can't play in a sandbox, they sure as hell better have proof and, and justification that I can't play in that sandbox before they kick me out. Because by golly, I like playing in that sandbox. And I, I really like being free to choose which sandbox I play in. That's a bad example. I never really liked sandboxes. Probably because I sat down lots and I don't like sand in my butt. I'm sure nobody really does. But anyway, you get the picture, right? Now the government's telling you, actually, here's another thing I'm going to speak of, uh, speak on. Um, I've said from the beginning, this is not about a mask. But I want to ask you a question. When you go outside and you look around and you see people walking by themselves, wearing a face covering, or if you're doing that yourself, and if you want to do that, that's fine. I, I, you go right ahead. I don't care what you want to wear on your face. My friend Tim walked through a Walmart with his girlfriend's thong on as a face covering. And you know what? I liked the post because Tim's free to do as he chooses. Hey, Tim. When you see that, are you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable with the fact that your government and authorities have terrorized you to the point where you think you have to go outside wearing a face covering or you're going to get sick and die? Has that ever happened in the past? When you were a little kid, if somebody told you, oh, don't go play in that sandbox because you might get sand in your butt crack and you're gonna be real uncomfortable to die. What would you have said to that? What would you have said to them? That's stupid. Who cares? I would have cared because I don't like that. But most kids did. didn't care. It's the same thing with masks. It's not exactly the same thing because masks are on your face. Anyway. It's really troublesome the way people have been controlled. And watching as many people as I do walk around with living in that kind of fear, I understand that they have been terrorized to the point where they truly believe they have to do these things, otherwise they're gonna get sick and die. And there is a reporter on the way up here, I can't remember what media it was, I think it might have been the Winnipeg Sun, or the Brandon Sun, somewhere, I, I can't remember. Brandon Sun, yeah. Um, they said to me, well, what was the example? They said that standing beside somebody, if I'm not wearing a mask and unvaccinated and I stand beside somebody, they're going to get COVID and die is not the same as, what was it, a seatbelt? Man, I wish I could remember. I think I did a live water right away after. But anyway, the argument came down to um, you need to protect other people because if you go outside or if you stand beside somebody and you're not vaccinated and you're not wearing a mask, they're going to get COVID and die. And I said to him, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a really, really illogical comparison. Number one, uh, there is a, 
just because you are near somebody is does not mean they're going to get a disease. It never has, and it's never going to be that way. Yes, they may, or they may not. Number two, even if they do, there's a very small chance that they're going, their lives are going to be impacted in a in a bigger way than maybe being sick for a couple of days. So they're using these arguments and these logic and this logic logic that doesn't make any sense at all. And people aren't stopping to think about, hey, well, what you said has so many holes in it. Let's talk about that before we actually make that comparison. And then we'll talk about the comparison. Because if I if I go stand beside somebody, that doesn't mean they're going to get sick and die. There's an extremely, extremely small chance. Not that the people that do get sick aren't important or um, it's not sad that people die, but really... At the end of the day, we are all going to die. It's never changed. Uh, you could even argue that the purpose of life is death because that's where we all go. And we want to make sure that we don't get there sooner than we're supposed to, or other people don't get there sooner than we're supposed to. But nothing has really changed from from the last, uh, uh, from three years ago until today when it comes to that. I worked in a camp in Wabasco, Alberta. And I remember that year, everybody was getting sick. They were puking and shitting and like we were, it was horrible. Everybody was sick. I think it was called Norwalk virus or something. Nasty. Everybody in camp got it, but we all continued to go to work. We didn't shut the economy down. And actually it was, it ran through the province. I think even through the country, it was killing people. Two people in that camp died and that's horrible that they, that they died but we didn't shut everything down for it. And it could be argued that it was just about as severe as this when it comes to how many people got sick and how many people died. That took a lot of people, especially the elderly and vulnerable. Because when you're, you can't keep fluids in you, that if you're vulnerable, you'll go downhill very quickly. So there are things that have happened in the past that have been similar to what we're going through right now. And the only difference is the media's response and the government's response and interference. And now we have in Ottawa, I would say more than 50% of people walking around outside by themselves, fearful. Uh, they've been terrorized for two years by the government and they can't go outside without a face covering. And yes, there is the argument, maybe they're vulnerable and they need to wear that because they need to be extra careful. I'll give you that. But 50% of the population of Ontario, or of, of Ottawa, are not vulnerable people. They're normal, healthy people who could easily fight off something like this. And yet they're living in fear, still. So much so, that when the Prime Minister, or their Premier, or their Mayor, tell them that they need to hate another group of people, they do it because that's how fearful they are. When a group stands up and says, we want our freedoms back and everybody's freedoms back. We want to go back to living as normal people and, and let's focus on healing Canada, uniting Canada and getting past this as we always have. Our leaders go on TV and tell people to hate that group, a group that is literally risking way more than you understand to stand up for your rights and freedoms. So fear is a very, very powerful tool.
And I think, from what I know of history, almost every single tyrannical government in the past has used fear in one form or another in order to control their people, make them do what they want. And nothing has changed today. I would like to think that we're smarter today than we were 3,000 or 5,000 years ago, but it really doesn't seem like it. Humans haven't changed much in 5,000 years. But now we have social media. So people like me and doctors like the ones who have flown from all over the country to come and speak to you to tell you that you don't have to be fearful, we can reach people and give them this message and give them hope and tell them that, hey, you know, you don't have to be as fearful as what you've been led to believe. And even I was like that in the, be in the beginning of this. You go back on the Whistle Stop page and I put a post up there about, hey, you know, you should stay home and don't go out to the grocery store unless you need to because you might grab a loaf of bread and uh, put COVID on it and then uh, somebody's grandma will buy it and they'll get COVID and die. So you shouldn't go. I believe that because the media told me. And a lot's happened since then and my, my thoughts have changed. Um, there's even a, a picture of me, that's my picture by the way, wearing a face covering in front of a grocery store in Lacombe, Alberta. Um, because what I was saying was that the people in that grocery store were compassionate, they were awesome, the service was excellent, and I wore that mask out of respect for them because I didn't want to get their business in trouble. Things changed since then. I don't wear a mask anymore. And, and, and that's that. But I was like that at one point too. At one point, I actually thought if I got COVID, I was going to die instantly. But I paid attention to what was going on. It did take me very long to figure out that, hey, something was different than what they were saying. And then the fear started to subside. And I continued to look around and get information. And I made my own conscious decision as to what was really going on and what risks I was willing to take. And I'm very glad I did because since then I've hugged probably, I don't know, between hugs and handshakes, 30,000 people, something like that, tens of thousands of people. Nobody's got sick, nobody's died. My life has been vastly enriched for it. I've met some wonderful people who I never would have before. And all I had to risk was potentially getting sick with something that statistically had a lower chance of taking me away than heart disease or stroke at my age. So the cost benefit analysis is really important. And the, the final thing I'm gonna leave you with is, is this. Ask yourself, over the last two years, what have you given up and what have you lost in your life what potential enriching experiences have you missed out on because you have been fearful? Because you were told to be fearful. Because I can guarantee you that those who have told you to be fearful, those who have, have uh, put messaging out there that, that made you just stop living your life, their lives didn't stop. They continued to have enriching experiences throughout this entire thing. And that's all over the news. I mean, the internet's forever. You look at pictures of our leader, they're schmoozing and drinking with leaders from other countries, having a grand old time. 
while telling us that we have to stay at home in our basement? And the final question is, how much more enrichment in your life are you willing to give up by succumbing to fear that was planted in you by people who didn't actually believe that fear was justified? One really good way of getting past that fear is to come downtown Ottawa and shake some hands, talk to some of these folks that are here, ask them where they're from, meet some new people, look, see some smiles. And if you feel comfortable, more comfortable wearing your face covering, wear it. If somebody tries to give you a hard time about it and says, take off your mask, please know that they're not saying that because they're mad at you. They're saying that because they see the fear that you're experiencing and they want to encourage you to get past that fear. And if you do, if you can't, then you just tell them, I feel more comfortable wearing this, but thank you for asking. And for those who are on the other side of the fence, don't give anybody a hard time up with that kind of stuff. It's none of your damn business. So if you're watching and you're against what we're doing and you're against my stance on these issues, please at least try and come down and have a life enriching experience because that's what this is. It absolutely is. There's people from all over Canada here and they want to meet you. They want to have conversations with you. They want to get to know you and they want to give you the message that they're here because they care about where our country is going. Also, Carrie will be there. Yeah. So that's all I got. Uh, thank you very much for putting up with me for this long. And I hope that I've said something that gave you a little bit of encouragement, uh, a little bit of hope, or even gave you something to laugh at with your friends. Um, if you do choose to laugh at me with your friends, make sure to check out the still picture that Facebook puts up of me on my post because they are absolutely like gut wrenching hilarious. I'm going to try, I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm going to try something. I'm going to put my, I'm going to do something with my face and I'm going to see if Facebook pulls this out to, to use as a still picture. Ready? One more time. Okay. Let's see how that goes. I hope you have a good laugh. If you hate me, and I hope it's encouraging if you're on board with what I'm saying. Thank you very much. Good night from Ottawa, Ontario. And Montreal, we are really, really looking forward to seeing you very, very soon. I hear that your poutine there is almost as good as the poutine, as the poutine at the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta that I run. So uh, I think my poutine's better. But Montreal, it's your job to change my mind. Good night. God, that's a Canadian convoy.